power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello and welcome along to episode 9 of Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie, providing digital content and marketing solutions for SMEs throughout Ireland and the UK. we got a great show lined up for you this week. We will be speaking to the new programmer of the Galway Film Flat, Will Fitzgerald. And joining us in our loft studios here in Galway City is Lisa Tracy. I'm back again for another episode, Darren Lee. Hello. How do So this week we are looking at the movies The Breadwinner and Hereditary. Let's start off with the Oscar-nominated movie The Breadwinner. When I was young, Padawana, I knew what peace felt like. Stories remain in our hearts even when all else is gone. Parana, were you listening at all? Yes, Papa. Why is this girl not at home? She should cover herself properly. Maybe you should stop looking at her. I can have you killed! I think business will pick up. If there are women present, cover yourselves now! Where is he being taken? To prison. Papa! It will be alright. There you go. That's a clip taken from the animated movie The Breadwinner, which w- was up for an Oscar nomination, but also a Golden Globe nomination, which can't be sneered at either. From executive producer Angelina Jolie, but more importantly, from the creators of the Academy Award nominated movies, the Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea cartoon saloon involved female director Nora Toomey. It's been out for a while. It's, it's kind of coming yeah. to cinemas at a late stage, considering it was up for nomination four months ago there at the Oscars. But if, for those who don't know, it's set in 2001, Afghanistan, under the control of the Taliban, where uh, the main character's father is captured and the determined young girl disguises herself as a boy in order to provide for a family. What I really like about this movie, Lisa, is it's such an important topic and I think by being an animation the younger generation is going to be attracted to go and see it and and uh, really learn about what is taking place in the Middle East. Yeah well it's a great learning tool to show kids of today mm. what things are like over there or what were they like. Well they were like but I suppose to a degree they probably still, still like there, that. Maybe. Yeah. It's quite good historically like it gives you a great synopsis of things very quickly at the beginning of how they ended up where they are or were in 2001 like they mention all the different dictators that came and took over the lands and the different factions that fought over the land. And it's just, you just feel really sorry for Afghanistan because it's just like, maybe it's geographically, they just were like bad luck people mm. because everyone wanted a piece of Afghanistan and they, they just got taken over all the time. It wouldn't come across as a typically Irish movie because there's nothing Irish about it. No. But it's great that Cartoon Saloon took it on and um, big time met such a yeah, great Yeah, fair movie. play to them. They've, they've really leaps and bounds like they're just they're going from success to success. And an interesting thing as well actually I was going to bring this up in the news section later but the Minister for Business Enterprise and Innovation Heather Humphreys has launched a four day trade mission to LA which has been organised jointly by Enterprise Ireland IDA Ireland and supported by the Irish Film Board and basically Also known as well, officially now this week, Screen Ireland. Or Fee Sharon. Very good. Yeah. Colleen. Thank you. And uh, the aim is to connect 15 Irish companies 
to many of the largest names in global entertainment with regards to animation. So she's going to be having meetings with animation studios, Amazon Studios, the Jim Henson Company, Disney Animation Studios, Netflix, Nickelodeon Company, Paramount Pictures and many more. Wow. So that's a great boost for the Irish animation industry. That's class. That's some junkers right there. Yeah, <laughs> Darren, what did you make of the breadwinner? Uh, well, I was on this show a couple of weeks ago bemoaning the fact that everything at the cinemas was all franchises and sequels and this was such an antidote to that i thought it was a tremendous film uh, i'll be honest uh, and very difficult to fault and you mentioned how you know with it being an animation is a bit of a trojan horse of a film um i think it lulls you into a bit of a false sense of security but not for long but not for long because and and we've mentioned this is a great film for kids to watch but definitely older kids Mm. um it is like if you're seven you're going to be scared i think okay it is it is very harrowing in places and pretty much straight away uh i wouldn't say it's on a par with um i don't know if you remember waltz with bashir i was gonna Uh, go the kite runner Oh, right. You see, yeah. It would also make a really good double bill with Persepolis. I just thought it was a really involving piece of work and very thought-provoking. And we're recording this in a week where, without wanting to get political, there are kind of images on the news of children in distress. And it's very important to be reminded of these things. And, And yes, this was in the film's world 17 years ago, but, you know, this kind of thing is still going on this repression of women's rights, uh, the way that children are treated. But also as well, it's a film about empathy and the way that we can use our imaginations and courage to change that world, no matter how slightly. And I think that's just a really great message. And it's told so well. The standard of animation is is tremendous. And it's just one of those films where it's not an easy ride. That is true. But if you open your heart and your mind to it i think it's it was a really good piece of work and it's stayed with me definitely since i I saw it but i would agree that little kids would find it uh, a little bit too tense i'm i'm Mm. in my early 40s and i found it too tense (laughs) (laughs) um and it does build up to this tremendous climax where it is really properly nail-biting kind of reminded me of christopher nolan film at the end the way that all of these different plates are spinning and Mm. heading towards this climax and you're kind of jumping around the moments of kind of extreme tension. It's just a really great piece of filmmaking and and the colours and the sound design. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, it is called The Breadwinner. Uh, Here's another clip from the movie talking about their need to get some food. What are we going to do? I don't know. Maybe if I go out early, before it's crowded. It won't work, Parwana. Market sellers won't risk getting in trouble for serving you. Mama Jan has cousins in Mazar Sharif. I could write to them for help. But we've never even met them. How do you know they will help? We need food now. So, out of five, what are we going to be giving the breadwinner this week? Three and a half. Okay. That's not bad. No, because you did say last week you're going to be tougher with your marketing yeah. scheme yeah i'm kind of like i'm being the tough guy okay yeah for sure uh, i would say uh, i'd head between four and four and a half mainly because i don't think anything is perfect mm-hmm. i just don't give fives um <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know it is definitely up there there are some things where it, it does kind of jar a little bit in places but once you see the whole film 
it, it makes sense that those things happen. So I'm not, I'm not going to spoiler any of it anymore. But I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good today. Four and a half. Okay, yeah. excellent. That not is bad. the breadwinner out in cinemas nationwide at the moment. Next up, the horror hereditary. Hereditary is about inheriting family trauma. Who's going to take care of me when you die? Steve's an ordinary man, husband, father. There is a connection between Peter and his father that isn't there between Peter and his mother. Just say it! Don't you ever raise your voice at me! I am your mother! I thought it was one of the best characters I'd ever seen. A teenager who felt completely three-dimensional. This is a movie about a family. A really dysfunctional family. It's also about relationships and like dealing with loss. Oh. Your mother? She isn't gone. How you see them at the end after having invested so much will haunt people. This is a movie that sits in your body for the rest of your life. So that was the stars of Hereditary, Tony Collette, Gabriel Byrne, Alex Wolfe and Miley Shapiro explaining what that new horror movie is about. Brilliant cast and Gabriel Byrne was... My good friend, Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, you've met him. Twice. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're pals. In Tesco. Yeah, no, not in Tesco. <laughs> Walking down the street, stopped him. Anyway, that's my story. Go on, what happened? I shook his hand and I was like, well done on everything, Gabriel. Love your work. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, thanks. A and the second time, did you just remind him of that again? No, or, no, no. The first, that, like was, the that was the second time. The first time I met him uh, at our graduation ceremony. It was very exciting. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. I'd say he's a cool guy. He is. Sound out. He was raving about this movie on the Late Late Show with Ryan Tuberty a few months ago. Of course ago, he was. It, yeah. You know, yeah. he's very proud of this. And everyone has seen, like, this is a debut from... Director, writer, Ari Aster, they're just saying like he is going to be the next big filmmaker. But um, I take it that Lisa <laughs> would uh, have a different opinion. Well, he's going to be big because people like schlock. And that's what this movie is. Schlock, what's that? It's just just bad movies. Just they do. Like, I mean, look, look at the Saw movies. Saw one, the first one. Mm. OK, maybe, maybe. But what were we up to? Saw seven at the end. And I was like, come on. Give me a break. So people like to go see bad horror movies. You don't like horror movies though, do you? No, I actually used to love them. Okay. L used to, until like the Saw movies came out. And then it was like, oh, it's just nothing but gore anymore. There's no kind of suspense. Because mm. like Hitchcock is one of my favorite directors. And from my beginning of love for film is from watching Hitchcock quite young. And, uh, and also seeing The Exorcist and Jaws and, you know, classic horror. Yeah. But like this, oh my God. I was just at the end of it, I was just like, no. <laughs> the plot keywords when you go to IMDb. Okay. Decapitation, decomposed body, psychological horror, broken nose, and then I just stopped at that stage. Yeah, it's just, it's too much. So after the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. Mm -hmm. What's the performances like? Brilliant, spot on. They never miss a beat until the last 20 minutes. And then it's like Tony Collette doing her thing and you're like oh no this is ridiculous it just took a bad turn I thought it was like she was really good like mm. and it was you know you're getting there and you go I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna find out what the story is with this and, and we're almost there so it's a mixture of I'm gonna say like this is giving it a lot of credit but it's a mixture of The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby okay. it's kind of that kind of vibe just smush them together throw in a couple of naked people 
you know, that come out of the darkness and then you've got the lady up on the up on the roof and I hate when people are up on the roof yeah. and they run around the roof. <laughs> oh God, it's horrible. Um, and then we see now what else? Oh yeah, and there's the incantations and all that kind of like witchcraft and you're like, no, this is ridiculous. Tony Collette, you're great, but no. Does it commit the, the one sin that always turns me off horror movies is found footage? Does it have any of that in it? Uh, yes, it has. Oh, right, it has yeah. because it has an album of the the matriarch of the family who has passed on to the next life, we think. Well, she has actually died. But um, what do you call it? They find a photo album and you see... Oh, am I doing too many spoilers? Oh, no. Are people going to see the movie? Does it matter? It doesn't really matter. So they find it and then it's like it explains everything. And you're like, ah. Oh. I knew it all along, though. Yeah. I knew there was something fishy about that old lady. It was <laughs> really creepy. And then when you have things doing things with miniature things and... And oh, and oh, I don't know. Just no. Miley Shapiro plays Charlie. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. Does, children yeah. when they're it's, it's creepy a, it's, is, it's is creepy, really, isn't it? really creepy. And little girl creepy is more yeah. creepy than any other creepy. Yeah, yeah. Bit of trivia here. Mm-hmm. Alex Wolf, who stars in the movie, yeah. in an interview explained that he wanted to actually break his own nose for the scene where his character slams his head into a desk. He's an idiot. But the director respectfully declined that offer and told Wolf they'd give him a soft, cushioned desk for the scene. When it was time for the scene to be shot, Wolf <laughs> slams his head into the desk only to discover that it was not soft nor made out of foam that resulted into his actual blood gushing down to his knees. No way! <laughs> what? Oh my God! That is insane! <laughs> That's brilliant! That's called a boo-boo on set or <laughs> with the props department, I'd say. Or was it on purpose? <laughs> Maybe to teach him a lesson to not be all like, oh, I can do it and yeah. then, oh, boom, you can't do yeah. it. Well, it's like that urban legend, isn't it, about somebody doing an exam and then just like headbutting the desk with, and getting a pencil up there. And oh, yeah. Don't do it. Ow. No, 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 no. Just repeat the exam if it's not going well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> don't star in horror movies. No. Uh, Darren, you've heard a few things about Hereditary. Yeah, I, I haven't actually got around to watching this yet, but I, I think everyone that I've spoken to who's seen it has said, don't bother, which is weird because it does jar with all the hype. And I think horror is well, probably one of those genres that kind of needs hype the most you know it's kind of like a fairground ride there's got to be a carnival barker it's know, chinese whispers kind of thing yeah and and i've seen the posters and the posters are like four stars five stars this is this generation's the exorcist and mm. all of that kind of stuff so i was expecting you know maybe kind of good things from it but from what i've heard i'm not sure i mean i don't want to pass judgment on it having not seen it but a lot of the time these horror movies do full subject to this tremendous amount of hype and it is going back a, a long way but I mean we saw it with Blair Witch and mm. it's kind of been happening sort of really ever since there were two scares in the whole movie okay yeah but maybe I'm just jaded <laughs> I don't know <laughs> so it's, it's not that bad it's not in like an edge of seat holding your hands over your uh, towards eyes. the end I was just like kind of going will this end it has to end soon I'm getting really creeped out okay. and oh my god every time I'm driving on my own in the car I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I thought I heard a noise because that noise in the movie, does it? Oh, well, I do it. Okay. It's really creepy. That. Do you, ever, do you ever do that noise? That's the noise that Charlie makes and it's really oh, creepy. Right. And then you hear your man, um, Alex Wolf's character, he thinks he hears it in the dark when she's not there. And it's really, really creepy and atmospheric and stuff. But I don't like driving in the car on my own now. So I, I'll give it that. Like it, it, it has a lasting effect on me that I'm just like, I'm not liking it. No. 
I'll turn on the radio or listen to podcast. Yeah, well, yeah that's true. Yeah. I, listen, I did. <laughs> Spotify. Do. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm, I'm so, tough. Tough but fair. Very tough. <laughs> so it's not a great movie. No. But no. good performances. Performances, okay, they're good. But I'm not going to like endorse the movie by giving it any more than it do. Okay, we were talking about the character Charlie. Uh, here is Ari Aster explaining the role of Charlie in the movie. And next we'll take a look at what is making the headlines in the world of film this week. My name is Ari Aster and I'm the writer-director of Hereditary. Charlie is an artist. Maybe we finish the toy after the quiz. But she's deeply compulsive. Figurines that she makes are made of found objects. So she's reappropriating these things, which comes to take on greater significance as the film goes on. John Travolta's latest movie has been given a rare 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The film is about mob boss John Gotti and has been savaged by critics who've described it as a dismal mess and a mobster biopic that deserves to get whacked. Ouch. In, in yeah. fairness, John's been there before and he's bounced back. Mm. Um, so hopefully this is water off a duck's back. I'd say at this stage it is. Yeah, look yeah. who's talking now wasn't getting great reviews. but No. And it's Battlefield Earth with the, oh, the yeah. big sci-fi... Scientology there, epic thing. Didn't he play a woman in something and that was also awful? Wasn't that like Hairspray? hairspray? Yeah. Mm. Oh, then, then it, that was a good movie, apparently. I didn't watch it. Okay. But he was in it and I don't like men in drag in movies that aren't actually drag queens. <laughs> but he was so grand, <laughs> his grand last year in the um, O.J. Simpson miniseries oh, yeah. thing on TV. He yeah. was great in that. Yeah. So it's giving Who was he, due. Robert Kardashian or somebody? Schwimmer was Kardashian, I think. And, yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah. I kind of do like my... Gangster, mafia movies, Me you too. know, Goodfellas, Casino, all that sort of stuff. But mm. um, actually, did you see the Johnny Depp movie on Whitey Bulger that came out a few years Black ago? Black Mass. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite disappointing as well. I kind of have a bit of a... Um, Love-hate with Johnny Depp? Yeah, love-hate with Johnny Depp. I, sometimes I, I could kind of put up with him in that film mm. um, a, a lot more, mainly because he was just so heavily made over. But it was very well-made and stuff like that. But it was it did feel like a generic kind of gangster biopic and there wasn't really bringing anything new to the table the irish man is the one i'm looking forward to yeah. that's scorsese bringing back de niro joe pesci out of retirement al pacino it's all shot and it's coming out exclusively i believe on netflix Ooh. wow and this would probably be the last big gangster movie from scorsese and de niro yeah. and pesci Coming up in the next few minutes as well, Will Fitzgerald will be joining us from the Goy Film Fla. They have just announced that The Belly of the Whale from Morgan Bush will open the Fla on a Tuesday the 10th of July. And they've also announced their masterclasses as well. So Will will be giving us further details on that. And the Irish Film Board, as we were saying earlier as well, has been renamed this week Screen Ireland or... Fish Aaron. So uh, they're certainly expanding their remit, yeah. uh, which is great to see as well. And I suppose with uh, Minister Heather Humphreys as well over in LA as well, it shows that uh, big efforts are being made to really expand our reach on the international scale. Indeed. Filmmaking and animation and games and all that. Yeah, we can go very far. Okay, well, coming up next, the programmer of the Galway Film Flat, Will Fitzgerald, will be joining us. Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? 
don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie. Now, delighted that our special guest this week is joining us here in the Loft Studios in Galway City, Will Fitzgerald, programmer of the Galway Film Fla. Thanks very much for joining us. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, the program for the 2018 Film Fla went to print, <laughs> to the printers yesterday. So, um, the yeah, stress is I'm, gone. Stress levels are back to normal. So, a few things have already come out of what we can expect at this year's Galway Film Fla. The opening movie, The Belly of the Whale, feature debut for Morgan Bush. Yeah, uh, we're excited to screen that one. It, it's this fun, like, sort of just madcap. Like, you kind of looking at the cast alone gives you an idea. Like, you've got Michael Smiley and Pat Short mm-hmm. in it acting off one another, which is great. Um, it's got uh, Art Parkinson from um, A Monster Calls. So really, you know, uh, up and coming, you know, young acting talent, which is great. And it's the first feature from Morgan Bush, who's produced, like, lots of really great critically acclaimed Irish films. And this is the first, you know, his first time turning his hand to directing or as a directing a feature anyway. So, yeah, it's great for like a, you know, a festival. We like to think of ourselves as a festival of discovery. About half of the films uh, in this year's program will be first time features. So it's kind of appropriate that we open with one as well, you know, so. Yeah. And I often find the opening movie sort of sets the tone for the festival yeah. during the week. So I think if it's a comedy, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not an outright comedy. It's, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's like crime and drama, but there's a bit of, definitely a bit of humor weaved into it as well, you know, with the likes of Pat Short. Um, and again, Michael, Michael Smiley is actually turns in more of a comedic performance than Pat Short does as uh, this, you know, wonderfully sort of corrupt local politician and business owner. Um, it's, Fictional. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you could spot a lot of those in your life. Um, and then Pat Short is actually, it's one of his more sort of actually like dramatic turns in films, but he does, you know, he has a, a gift obviously for the comedic acting. So he really hits those, you know, lighter notes in the film. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun one to open with. Like you said, kind of setting the tone. There's a, you know, good Irish debut drama, light and uh, fun. Yeah. And, I, and I suppose it's fair to say the closing movie, Black 47, wouldn't really be a comedy. No, but it is also just the best fun you will have. Like for Irish audiences, you know, I think I, I feel like a lot of people sort of had this misconception of what uh, Black 47 is. Um, have you seen it then? Or? I have. I actually I caught this at uh, Berlin back in February. And I guess, I don't know why exactly, because it debuted in Berlin, which you think of as, you know, like very, you know, high flute and film festival and everything. And maybe because of like, it's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, uh, darker tones in the, the film. And people thought it was this serious famine drama, but it's like this fun genre. I mean, I don't, fun, not as in like, it's like comedy, but it's, you know, a ranger, a guy who comes home from fighting in the wars, finds his family dead from the famine sets out to take revenge on the English ruling class who've caused all this misery and destroyed his countryside. So like, you know, put that in front of an Irish audience, uh, <laughs> a guy basically going around like killing landed uh, English, you know, royalty and <laughs> it's just, it's great, great fun. You know? Darren, you're from England. Here to weigh in. I should apologize. <laughs> Were you making an official announcement there? Exactly. <laughs> Someone needs to. <laughs> Everyone's going to enjoy it. It's, it's Excellent. so much fun. Good. And it's good that you're saying that as well, because I do think when Lisa and I were talking about Black 47 a few weeks ago, our impressions of it was that it was just going to be a very kind of dark, depressing Irish movie. So it's good to hear that it's not that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's like a famine Western, you know, if you can imagine that. Excellent. You know, the masterclasses, they sound really interesting. I'm delighted yeah. with uh, the selection you have this year. 
Yeah, it's it's an eclectic <laughs> um, mix because we've got, uh, you know, Andrew Scott, who's so well known for his role as Moriarty and Sherlock, and then has done like lots of great independent Irish features. But the film he's in at the Flaw this year, Steel Country, is like a, it's a career best for him um, so far, in in my opinion, anyway. He is playing this he's a garbage man working in Pittsburgh uh, in the States. And he, he's sort of on the spectrum, if not like full out kind of autistic. And he, when there's a, a murder in the town, he's like the only one who seems, you know, committed to investigating, like finding out uh, what's happened. So it's a really, it's a sort of original take on the kind of, you know, American rural thriller, kind of like backwards mystery. And, and Andrew Scott's just brilliant. So like really, really like it's just that you haven't seen him act this way before you know like Sherlock but like the Moriarty performance is very you know like over the top villain and it's really fun and then his Irish stuff has been very he's like you know the kind of Irish intellectual Mm. and he's you know that kind of so this is you haven't seen him do this before so it's you know it's really interesting um and then we have Madeleine Alnick who if if you've seen either previous films you kind of have an idea of like she's someone very different to do the masterclass and that's what we like about it she's um, doing the director's one is she's it? doing the director's masterclass um so like if you've seen her, her, her previous films um codependent lesbian space alien seek same uh was the one she first came to the flower with and then she was here a few years back with the foxy merkins her new film is called wild nights with emily it's um a sort of gayer retelling of the life story of Emily Dickinson and it's yeah madcap and fun and you know so it's good to have Madeline bringing a little bit of something of a different flavor to the director you know last year we had Amir Barlev um, who's a brilliant documentarian so this year we went with something like completely in the opposite direction sure. so. and how did you get Ed Solomon who's like back again with Bill and Ted <laughs> yeah people like to come to the flag. We yeah. usually, uh, Mary Kate Flanagan, who um, facilitates the, the Writers Masterclass every year, she's a screenwriter herself. She has a lot of great um, connections in LA with uh, screenwriters there. So she introduced us to Ed. And he actually, like earlier on in the year, he, he had been talking with them. He wasn't able to come in the end. We were disappointed, but we thought, oh, fair enough. And then when we saw the news that they were coming out with a new Bill and Ted all these years later, we were like, oh, okay, totally understandable. Can see why he's busy and we're not going to get him. But then he came back because his schedule opened up and he was like, to be delighted to come. Couldn't believe our luck, you know, especially with his current uh, workload now. Yeah. So, but yeah, so not only will he deliver the uh, writer's masterclass, but we're going to show Bill and Ted's excellent adventure yeah. um, on the Saturday <laughs> night of the FLA. And so Ed will be there to do the Q&A. So, cool. you know, that's cool. yeah going to be a Maybe lot of fun. Maybe call Keanu and he'll come <laughs> over too. We can <laughs> always <fun>. try. <laughs> <laughs> what else can you tell us about the FLA, which maybe hasn't gone public yet um <laughs> yeah god what can i tell you that uh, won't get me in trouble with heather our publicist um it launches next wednesday the 27th in the galmont we've already announced our galway on film program so this is a strand sort of all dedicated to films shot in galway by galwegian filmmakers starring galwegian people so black 47 will be included in that because it's you know shot in connemara um when you see it on screen the sort of devastated famine landscape it's it looks Amazing. But it also includes films like The Science of Ghosts, uh, Niall McCann's new film about uh, Adrian Crowley, the songwriter um, who's originally from here. That's really fun. It's very sort of irreverent in terms of like irreverent to the form, like the, the normal structure of documentary filmmaking. Sort of blurs the line between filmmaker and subject and um, allows Adrian, the you know, who's ostensibly the subject of the documentary to be much more sort of very playful. So that's fun. And then we have a couple of world premieres in there as well. Um, Keith Walsh, you'd have known from his previous feature, Apples at the Golan, that he made with Jill Beardsworth. 
Um, he has a new feature called uh, When All Is Ruined Once Again, where he interviews lots of people from around sort of the uh, Galway Clare border and how their lives have been affected since, say, like, you know, the times when the recession hit and, you know, how they're faring now that things kind of are on the upswing again. And it's this beautiful, it's sort of like, if you can imagine, like, a cross between the kind of stuff Ken Wardrop does and the kind of stuff that Pat Collins does, that's kind of what, when all is ruined, it's got this really beautiful black and white art house texture, like a Pat Collins film, but then also just really connects you with the humanity of these, like, Irish people and their story. So it's really, I really enjoy that one, uh, When All Is Ruined. It screens two o'clock on Saturday in the Tunnel Theatre, I want to say. He spent 10 years making this yeah, documentary. Yeah, and it's, it, like, all the work is up there on the screen. It's it's really beautiful. And Brilliant. it's properly, you know, um, the black and white in it is proper deep blacks and whites. It's not like... You know, it's it's really he's he, I mean he is a cinematographer yeah, first and foremost yeah. I think so he's it's a really beautiful to look at film. Um, what else have we got in there? There's mm. there's films like uh, Town of Strangers, um, which was shot in Gort, sort of like um, interviews a whole bunch of people who've made their home um, in the town, interviews everyone who's like either passing through or has made a home, and the, it's all uh, the filmmaker Trasso O'Brien has weaved it into this sort of tapestry that draws you in and of course you know like a lot of these things it becomes through being so local it becomes universal um so it's another really nice uh Galwegian documentary that was a while in the making as well wasn't it yeah that yeah. was another long one I think mm. I'm not sure I, I don't have a number like but maybe like three or years even, or even yeah, yeah even longer maybe so yeah lots of really great local interest stuff along the alongside the big international stuff which is nice to have it's very flat you know that way how have you found it being programmer at the flat um it's <laughs> the so first year doing it yeah uh every month has been like different in in different way it's uh it started off so serene and like you know engaging with films like going to berlin and seeing all these amazing art house pictures and you know it was sort of very relaxed and very like oh yeah this is you know this is what this is about like really engaging with film culture and like Blah, 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 like thinking, oh, I'll have this for Galway and audiences will love this. And then slowly, gradually getting more and more insane all the time as we come towards the festival. I can't remember how many hundreds of films I've watched since we went to Berlin. And then it was time to like go to Cannes and then have to give feedback on all those films with all the people that you would meet there again. <laughs> so all of a sudden there was this mad crunch to watch like the hundreds of films that I still hadn't watched in the intervening months. And then as soon as you get back from Cannes, it's like time to publish the program now. So mm. all, all of a sudden you have all this admin work to do on top of trying to finish all the films and yeah, lock filmmakers in. And yeah, it's, it's tough. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to like at a, you know, two months from now, sort of like sit back and articulate a better answer to this yeah. question. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, right now I'm kind of still in the midst of it. We just, like I said, sent the program to print yesterday. So I feel a massive weight off um, and now it's getting into the nitty gritty of like, how are we going to, you know, get the crowds in and out of the palace and will there be enough time for people to walk from the town hall theater to the palace if mm -hmm. they want to catch the next screening and yeah, all that kind of fun logistical stuff. So yeah, it's... And Gar O'Brien, <laughs> who was the former programmer, hopes to join us next week. Did he give you any words of advice sticking up the new post? He did. He left like a big, very, like a lengthy document where he, could, he like dived into all the different kind of obstacles I was going to come up against as in-depth as he could. So I found that really useful. But probably the best piece of advice he gave was that just that you're going to have to get used to dealing with uncertainty. And that was the most true thing that he told me. You know, we program the, the festival. We have these big 
boards spread across uh, the wall of our office and uh, divided into time slots. And then every film is like a post-it that fits in the time slot. And so at various points in the year, I've had it like full and like completely balanced between like, you know, features and documentaries and animations and the times and like films from different countries and stuff. And I'll be like, okay, this is good. If this, if this stays like this, then we can, we can put this thing, we can send it to the printer now. Like mm -hmm. we can, we're so far ahead of ourselves. And then something would happen, like a new film would come down the track that you have to make room to accommodate and it just throws everything else out to hell. Or the, you know, the guest that was going to come with the other film that you had put in that place for a reason now can't. So that's, you know, that film can't go there anymore. And I've, I thought that I had had this thing completed and fully programmed about four or five times okay. before the version that we actually went to the printer with. And even then we were working on completing that, like up until the moment we had sent. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. so yeah, work, dealing, learning to work with uncertainty was definitely the, it's the hardest part and you know, the truest part of doing the job. So. I what? thought it was going to be a letter that said, blame the last guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> so will you be able to relax during the week of the flower or will it be come Sunday night, then you can kind of just relax? I mean, I guess I'll be learning that as well for the first time. Like, I'm no stranger to the flower. I've worked for them for like mm. 10 years in various capacities. But this definitely will be a new experience. Um, you know, first time sort of kind of leading it in a way and like being the face and the voice of and. I know from previous years when I wasn't even like I didn't even have a, such a you know important role that like I, I wasn't able to relax then. So I don't imagine I'll be able to relax now. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I imagine the the Tuesday after the fla, like after we've sent everybody home and after I've spent the day after sort of following up on all the loose ephemera that'll eventually come mm -hmm. my way. Then maybe like the Tuesday on the seventeenth of July, I'll like pop a bottle of wine and <laughs> like this relax. time four weeks time you'll be able to relax yeah is that what it is yeah. oh god <laughs> four weeks yeah it's really it's really really going to be a great flaw like apart from the you know it's the 30th anniversary i'm really proud of the program when you know you see it uh, next wednesday when we launch it it's i really think we've got a great mix of art house uh european art house like new american independent stuff and new irish stuff a really great mix between uh, debut directors and like some of our old favorites and uh, so much more uh, additional stuff like more panel discussions than ever before more short screenings than ever before we've opened up our short film program to international shorts for the first time new venue in the palace uh, yeah it's going to be great brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Goy Film Flag kicking off on the 10th of July running until the 15th of July six days of madness fun lots of networking and uh, it's it's just a great party. Will Fitzgerald, programmer of the Goy Film Flat, thanks a million for coming in to visit us today on thanks Just again. Like in the Movies. And uh, enjoy the next four weeks. Will do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry. Just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than €100 Euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie. There you go. That is Wilfred Searle, programmer of the Goy Film Flat. Don't forget the launch next week in the Galmont Hotel here in Galway City. Well, that's pretty much it from Lisa. Hello. And Darren. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and until we talk to you next week on Just Like in the Movies, have a great week and uh, take care. Bye bye. <laughs>